Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen, amen. Give God some praise this morning, amen. Praise God. Praise God. God God has been good even when 2020 hasn't been that great. God is still good, amen. Jesus is still king, amen. And uh, this morning, I I want to preach a message um, out of Luke, and you can, you can, you can turn there, and I'm going to try not to be as long. I know we had a, a little bit of a program, and so I, I wanted to take, take that into account. Um, but, uh, you know, I, every, time, every time Christmas comes around, well, well first of all, let me, let me give you some insight into the, to the life of a pastor when, a, uh, when it comes to sermon prep. I've, I've been asked before, you know, how, how, many, how can you come up with a sermon every, every Sunday? And I've, I always wondered the same thing when I was, when I was younger, I, I looked at my dad, I'm like, man, how can he, how can he preach a, a different message Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Is it like, does God, does God just give it to you and just hand it to you? Or, um, do you have like an archive of, of, of sermons already prepped? Um, Joel jokingly, um, said to me one time, I told him that I had to go home and, and, and prepare my, my sermon. And he said, you mean you haven't finished downloading your sermon from sermon.com? <laughs> Um, that's not what I do by the way. Um, but I'll be honest. Sometimes it is a struggle preparing a message. Sometimes it, it, it feels forced like God, you haven't told me what to preach on. And it's like, it's Thursday, it's Friday. I I need to know. And so sometimes I I just, I just type something up and I get to the end of it and I'm like, I don't know, God, you got to give me something else. Right. And other times the sermon just, just comes, right? And if you've preached before, sometimes you have a word that has been on your heart and your mind for such a long time. All you have to do is put it on paper. That's, that's the greatest feeling. And then you get to the thematic sermons, like the ones with the specific theme that only come once a year, like, like Easter and Good Friday and, and a Christmas message. I've been pastoring now for total, going on my sixth year. I have preached six different Christmas messages and sometimes I'm like, God, they already heard this one. <laughs> like, I, I can only offer so many different perspectives. Last year, we talked about Mary. We talked about her favor. The year before that, we talked about Joseph. And so earlier this week, it was Tuesday, I got in front of the, uh, my, my, my computer, and I was like, all right, Christmas message. What are we can do? And I turned to Luke 1, 30 through 33. You turn there. And I had my message right away. And so if you have it, say amen. If you don't, I, I've got it up here for you. It says this. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His king, his kingdom will never end. Amen. With that, can we go to prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for bringing us here this morning, Father God. And as we celebrate 
you once again, my God, and, and your arrival, Jesus, to this earth, my God. We ask that this message may, may speak to us, my God, and penetrate our spirits this morning, Father God, so that we may walk out here uh, with, with a little bit more of you in our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Um, by the way, thank you for those who wore a sweater. Um, I didn't get a lot of, I didn't get a lot of support with the, uh, with the sweater thing. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of compliments today. They said, Oh, pastor, I love your, I love your ugly sweater. I said, it wasn't supposed to be ugly. <laughs> it was just, I was just going for a Christmas sweater. Right. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I entitled today's message more than a name, more than a name. Jesus is more than a name. It's a beautiful name. But it's more than a name. And, and I read this passage this week and I was wondering to myself, what, what was Mary thinking, man, when she heard this, this, uh, this message from, from the angel? What was going on in her head? Like not in regards to the fact that she was about to bear a child, not, not about the fact that her whole life was about to be turned into a, into a different direction. But what was she thinking when the angel told her that his name was going to be Jesus? What went through her mind? I wonder. That might not have been her immediate thought. Her immediate thought might have been like, how is this going to look to my betrothed, Joseph? What is my, what is my mom going to think? You know, I, I imagine all these different things came to, to mind. Um, the Bible says that she was overwhelmed with joy at this high honor that God had chosen her for. But at some point, when all that overwhelmingness was out the way, I wonder if she gave thought to, to the name and the meaning behind Jesus, Jesus. Have you ever wondered why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why not John? Why not? Uh, why not Michael or or Tanner or Kyle? <laughs> I don't know how that would translate in Aramaic, but why Jesus? Why Jesus? There is greatness to that name, Jesus. It's the name by which we are saved and made whole. It's the name by which demons tremble when they, just, by the, just by the sound of that name. And when a preacher says Jesus and he says it with authority because the preacher knows how to use the name Jesus because he knows what it stands for, demons tremble. It is a name so powerful. It is a name by which every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And today... We, we write songs about Jesus. We sing songs about Jesus. We exalt the name of Jesus. But let me tell you, man, it is more than just the name. It is more than a name. Amen. So uh, real quick, I figured I, I don't want to bore you too much, but I figured like, we could just throw in a real quick semantics lesson. Yeshua is the name that they would have spoken of Jesus. Yeshua. It's beautiful. Yeshua. It's it's, uh, it's the Hebrew form of Yehoshua, which was shortened to Yeshua. It's also the name where we get Joshua. Joshua and Jesus have the same meaning. The name Jesus that we speak, it's a, it's a transliteration of the Greek name Yeshua, which is said to be a transliteration of the Hebrew name Yehoshua. It was a name that was very common in these days. You might even think that it wasn't that special. Why, why doesn't Jesus have a more special name. My name is John. It's one of the most common names of, of all time. I actually looked it up this week. Uh, my name ranks as number two as the most common male name over the past 100 years. That doesn't make me feel too special. Right. Just John. John. 
the name given to Jesus was also very, very common. You might think, well, this is the perfect son of God. This is, this is, this is the one whom no one else can compare. He should have a more unique name. But no, he was given the name Jesus. And this wasn't a name that, that was given to him by his earthly parents, right? Mary and Joseph didn't sit down one day over coffee and say, okay, what are we going to name our precious child? Oh, Jesus sounds nice. Let's go with that. No, this was a name that was given to Jesus by the father, our father. And it was given to him for a specific purpose. Amen. If you look throughout the Bible, God gives out names uh, to people whom he also wants to assign a purpose to. So he'll change your name. If he wants to change your purpose, if he wants to redirect your purpose, he's going to change your name. He doesn't care what your mama, what your mama names you because God has a purpose for you. And he wants to, sometimes he wants to change your identity. And so we see this with, with Abraham when he was changed to Abraham. The difference between the two is that Abram literally means exalted father. It's a beautiful name, good meaning, exalted father. But, but Abraham means something that falls more in line with the purpose that God was assigning him to. Abraham doesn't mean exalted father. It means a father of many. Abraham's wife, Sarai, was changed to Sarah, a change in meaning from princess to mother of nations. And so those names were assigned to their purpose, right? And, and we, see, we see the result of it. Through Abraham and Sarah, God's people were established. And through that covenant, all the nations were brought into fellowship with God. Amen. Praise God for that. That's, that's just one example. But throughout scripture, anytime God gives a new name, he also gives you uh, a new purpose, a new mission. And so we think about Jesus. This was a name assigned to Jesus by the Father. And he had a very specific mission right from the start, right from birth. Jesus isn't here to waste time. He's not here to experience different things and try different things with with, with life and see where life takes him. No, he's here to do one thing. And Matthew's gospel shares it with us. The angel tells us, um, um, he tells Joseph in Matthew 121. It's up here. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means God is salvation. That's what it means. That's the meaning of the name Jesus. And again, this was a, this was a very common name. Even in the Old Testament, we have Joshua, the successor of Moses. He wore the same name and it meant the same thing. Yahweh saves the difference between Joshua in the old Testament and Jesus in, in the new Testament is literally the fact that, that Jesus is God who brings salvation. And we think of the, the three wise men bringing gifts to Jesus and Jesus himself was the gift to humanity that would bring salvation to everyone who would call upon the name of Jesus. And so, so for Jesus, it was more than a name. It was an assignment. You are here to save people from their sins. Therefore you will be called Jesus. Your name will reflect your identity. And so Mary and Joseph right off the bat, they, they know something about who their child is going to be, right? He's going to be called the son of, of the most high God. He's going to be great. He's going to save people from their sins. You know, when, when Melissa was 
was pregnant with each of our daughters, there was so much that we didn't know about our future children that we wanted to know, right? And so we would, we would tell each other, like, I wonder, I wonder what she's going to look like. I wonder if she's going to take after me or take after you. And I, I hope she, she doesn't have your attitude is what I would tell Melissa, right? What, we, I wonder, I, I wonder what, what she's going to be like, right? We still wonder. I still wonder how they're going to be when they get older. What are they going to do? Who are they going to be? I have some expectations for my, for my daughters. I'm sure we all do as parents. We have some expectations. We expect them to grow up and be good people and men and women of God. We might believe that they're going to be successful in some, some capacity, that they're going to be used by God in some capacity. You probably speak. If you're a parent, do you speak into your child's future? Like, baby, you can do whatever you want. Baby, you can be president, right? You can do whatever you want. We, we, we say that a lot. You can do whatever you want. I tell that to Layla. I do offer a caveat. I tell her, you can do whatever you want as long as you're good at it. <laughs> you're not just going to grow up and decide to, to do something you never prepared for. I told her that the other day. Melissa looked at me like, man, that's so harsh. <laughs> Mary and Joseph, they did know who their child was going to be. See, for us, we're, we hope we have some expectations for our children, but we don't know for sure. Mary and Joseph, they knew exactly what was in store for Jesus. God told them, right? We say this every year. Mary did know. <laughs> she did know. According to Luke, she knew. But maybe, maybe Mary didn't understand. Can we say that? Maybe she knew who Jesus was going to be and who he was called to be, but maybe she didn't understand what that meant. Because she knew the meaning behind the name Jesus, but, but maybe she didn't realize how literal that meaning would be to his purpose. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Mary and Joseph didn't understand a lot about the assignment of Jesus. Well, what, is, what does this mean to even save people from their sins? How does that look? What's, what's the process of it? Because to the majority of the Jewish people, they believe the Messiah to be a political savior, not a spiritual savior. And Mary and Joseph were told nothing about Jesus delivering them from, from political oppression, just that he would save the world from their sins. So, so they knew what the mission was, but maybe they didn't understand it. And I applaud Mary and Joseph, man. Every time I read this story, I just, I applaud them for their faith. I applaud them for their obedience except for, uh, in accepting God's call for something that they did not fully understand. They, they knew what was going to be accomplished, but how does that look in the real world? What's, what's the process? Church, can I tell you, man, whenever God calls you to something, it often sounds good. When God gives you a word, it sounds good. Because he's pointing to your future and he's pointing to what he wants to do with you. And you're like, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. It sounds good. Sometimes it sounds scary, but other times it sounds good. But then when you're in it, you have no idea what's going on. You don't understand what God's doing. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody this morning, but when you're in it, you're in the thing that God told you you were going to be in. You're like, what is this? I thought it was going to be different. I didn't know the process was going to be like this. God told Abram, I will bless you. And I will make your name great. Sounds good to me, God. Sign me up for the blessings and my name being great. But he wasn't in it until he had to leave his homeland until he and his wife were almost killed. 
He told Moses, I am going to use you to deliver my people from this land of Egypt. All right, sounds good. But he wasn't in it until Pharaoh was trailing the Israelites and there was a Red Sea in front of them and there was an army behind him. That's when he was in it. And he's like, what are you doing, God? I thought I was going to deliver these people. I'm at an impasse right now. So we know what God is telling us. We know what the assignment is, but sometimes we don't understand it. And when we don't understand it, a lot of times we call it quits. We don't carry forward. We don't move forward. There's a Red Sea in front of me, God. You just, I don't know, you lied or something. Something went wrong. We feel like because we don't understand, God doesn't have a plan. You might be in it today, church. And there are things that you don't understand. You know what the assignment is. You know what God has spoken over you, but maybe you don't fully understand it. I don't know if you were ever that student that, that went to the teacher and said, I, I don't understand the assignment. That was me because I'm not very good with instructions. I'm a, I'm a different type of learner. I, I have to learn by doing, right? And so I'd get these assignments and I'd go back to the teacher. I'm like, can you explain this a little bit better? <laughs> I don't, what, 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 what format do I need to use? Is this okay to write about? Or are these sources acceptable? I, I want to understand. And many times in our lives, we want to understand what God is doing. But if we're honest with ourselves, we're not entirely sure what he's doing. We're not, we're not sure what he's doing all the time. When things go bad, when things go south, when, when, when tragedy strikes, we don't know what he's doing. <clears throat> and that's because very often in life, God is, God is vague with his assignments. He doesn't give you all the details, right? He doesn't give you all the details. If he did, I suppose we would rely more on the details than trust in, in God. And sometimes... You get the assignment, and that's all you get. You don't get the how. You don't get the when. Oh, man, that's the worst. <laughs> you know it's coming, but you don't know when. So you're just living every day in anticipation. And, and one day that it doesn't arrive, you're like, God, when is it going to happen? You, you don't get the when. You don't get the how. You don't get the where. And so you're not always sure what to expect and when to expect it. You're not even sure if you're going to recognize it when it finally arrives. If you recall John the Baptist, he had that same line of thought. He, he was called to go out and prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And that's what he did. He, call, he, he, he preached repentance and he said, look, Jesus is coming. He, he's, the, the, the kingdom of God is, is now at hand. And, and he preached it to the nations. And then it, a little bit of time later, he was sitting in prison and he wrote to Jesus a letter. He said, are you really him? Are you really the Messiah? Because I don't, I don't see it. I don't understand it. <clears throat> I know what it is, but I don't understand the assignment. And so Mary and Joseph, they were told who their child would be and what he would do, but not much else. And so when Mary and Joseph were out frantically looking for Jesus when he was 12 years old, when he stayed behind in the synagogues to learn from the teachers of the law. They, they're looking for him for a few days and they finally find him and they say, Jesus, why did you do this to us? We were looking everywhere for you. Why have you done this? And, 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 and they didn't understand. And Luke records the response of Jesus. I don't have it up here, but it's Luke 2, 49 through 50. Jesus says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? You should have known. 
Didn't you know? And verse 50 says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And I was, as I was thinking about the life of Jesus, I, I realized that, that Jesus spent so much time misunderstood. People didn't understand him. His entire life, his own people didn't understand him. That's why they rejected him. The Pharisees sure didn't understand him. His own disciples didn't understand him. That's why Peter couldn't wrap his head around why Jesus had to die. His own parents didn't always understand him. Maybe this is why Paul calls him the man of mystery in Ephesians. We don't always know what God is doing. We don't always understand it, church. And can I just tell somebody this morning that sometimes blessings are disguised as inconveniences. Blessings don't look like blessings. They don't come in the, in, in the pretty packaging. Sometimes blessings come in the form of a crying baby. Sometimes blessings come in, in, in the fact that, that you have to flee your homeland because someone is after your child like Mary and Joseph had to do. That's, that's how blessings look sometimes. And so you don't recognize them as blessings because you don't understand them. Because God's ways are higher and better than ours. <clears throat> now the thing that, that I think really preaches is the fact that even though the disciples didn't always understand Jesus, they followed him anyways. They, fought, they continued to follow him. Not fully understanding what he was doing. Not fully understanding what he was saying. How he did things. But they continued to follow him. Even though Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand the mission, they still raised Jesus. They committed. They cared for him when he was young and when he was helpless. Joseph adopted him as his own because, because the angel told him to. All right, we're, okay, we're doing this, I guess. And so you might not understand what God is doing in your life today. But it's the faith and it's the obedience that will get you to the fulfillment of that assignment. And I know that that's easier said than done. And I know it's easier to say amen to than actually play it out. But, but man, faith is produced and made stronger by not having all the facts. Faith is made stronger by not always understanding how you're going to get through tomorrow. Faith is made stronger by saying, you know what? I don't know, but I know, you know, and I'm going to put my faith in you. That's how faith is produced. And so, so if, if, I'm, if I'm Joseph, I'm the father of Jesus. Any fathers in the room? Don't you, don't you just, as a father, you want to be able to give everything that you have to your children. You want to be able to teach them everything that you know. You want them to grow up better than you did. Yes or no? You want to be able to instruct them. You want to be able to lead them into their purpose. If I'm Joseph, I have no idea how to raise the son of God. No idea. Jo if I'm Joseph, I'm stressed. I'm already stressed as a parent. We're all stressed as parents. But if I'm Joseph, I am stressed to the max because I know that my son is called to be great and he is the son of God here on earth. I know that he's destined to do great things. I know that he's going to save people from their sins. But as a father, I have no idea how to help him do all of that. I've never saved anyone from their sins before. 
I've never been called or even compared to the son of God. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to educate him. I don't understand. The beautiful thing is church about Jesus is that even though his name was not unique, he was. Jesus was literally God on earth. He was all knowing, all powerful, all capable, perfect in every way. And all of these characteristics are beyond our understanding. So of course, Jesus was often misunderstood by even those that were closest to him. What matters to us is that Jesus understood. And that's the message that I want to, I want to point you to this morning. Even though you might not understand what you're going through this morning, Jesus does. God does. He put you there. He placed you there. He has a purpose. And you might not understand it by, by, by looking around, but, but God knows exactly what is happening. He knows exactly what the situation is. Jesus understood his purpose when no one else fully did. This is why he tells the father on the cross, forgive them for they not, they, they do not know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand who they're crucifying. They don't know. But Jesus did. He knew. And his final words on the cross, it is finished, is the assignment that was finished. It is finished. My mission, my assignment is complete here on this cross. And in that moment, the meaning of the name Jesus met its fulfillment. Amen. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And in a second, we're just going to, this message this morning, I, I tried to preach it a little bit to you, but it, it wasn't really a preaching message. It was, it was a message to tell you about the name of Jesus. Because today, we, we remember that, that day when, when Jesus, born of a virgin, came into this earth in the most humble way. I'm talking about God. We are talking about the, 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 the creator. He was there in the beginning when the foundations of the earth were laid. And he came down vulnerable and weak. And he became a baby. And he did it for us. He did it for you. So the purpose of today's message was to simply call attention to the greatness of Jesus and his name. God is salvation. God is salvation. That name, it, it, it isn't just a symbol of salvation. Jesus actually fulfilled it. He, he saved every single one of us from our sin, from our death. And I'm going to have a stand up and I'm going to, this morning, maybe you say, man, I'm, praise God for, for the name of Jesus. Praise God for, for what it means. I, I, I have partaken in the salvation. I've, I've already, I already received it. And so maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't get to you right now in the same way that, that it might have if, if you were actually in need of salvation, but you are, you already found Jesus. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is, is he, he's not just salvation. He's everything that you need. He wasn't just called Jesus. He was called Emmanuel. God is here. God with us. So when you are lonely, 
when you are in a, in a place of darkness and you feel like no one understands you, God is with you. Emmanuel is with you. John calls him the Lamb of God who became the perfect sacrifice in our stead when, when in the Old Testament all they were doing was trying to find the perfect animal to atone for their sins. Jesus became that atonement. He is the Lamb of God. He is also called the light of the world who can brighten up any room, any situation, any darkness. Peter called him the Messiah, which means the anointed one, the chosen one. There was only one out of the billions upon billions of people that would step on this earth. He is the only one capable. He is the Messiah. Isaiah calls him a servant, a servant, because even though he's the king of kings and he deserves the most adoration, he would still kneel down to wash your feet. John calls him the way. The way when there is no way. When there's a mountain in front of you. When there's a Red Sea in front of you. You're not sure how you're going you're gonna to go because there is literally no way. Jesus became that way. He became the destroyer of any impasse in your life. John calls him the I am. You can fill in the blank there. I am. I am greatness, I am peace, I am love, I am joy, I am restoration, I am salvation. He is the word that became flesh, the very word of God that was spoken to the prophets. He is now, he he stepped down and he became the message of God. Luke calls him the savior, the son of God. Revelation calls him the alpha the Omega, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. He is everything that you might need because he is eternal. He is infinite. That is the name of Jesus. That is the person of Jesus. That is your God this morning. Can we just worship him for just a second? As the worship team sings, we're just going to lift up the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.